It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Even when Auburn football is down, they are still far more relevant than an undefeated Kentucky and an undefeated Ole Miss. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday to all who celebrate. Mike G of the War Report hanging out with us. And Mike G, there's a lot of outside noise around the Auburn football program. There's a lot of ticked off people, but still three and one and ESPN still values a unranked Auburn and an unranked LSU more than a top 10 Kentucky and 14th ranked Ole Miss. They gave them the six o'clock time slot, that primetime slot where they're like, no, let's put the quote unquote biggest game of the weekend at 11 o'clock. To me, that still says something. And I still think When we're all complaining and we're all freaking out, we need to take a deep breath and say, well, we're still Auburn. We're still a relevant program. And I think in uh, two years, we'll be in a better situation than both Kentucky and Ole Miss. Yeah, listen, uh, at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about this four-game stretch, they're still three and one. And uh, a lot of people felt like the win against Missouri felt like a loss, but it still goes down as a W in the win column. So, Three and one, you're one and oh in the SEC. You have a chance to go two and oh in the SEC at home versus an LSU team that has shown some promise but has underwhelmed at times as well, too. Who knows who's going to show up on Saturday? I think that the drama around Auburn again, ESPN is a drama machine as well, too. Like 100%. Yeah, they're a drama machine. Um, and uh, you know, but it's eyeballs, Mike G. It's all about eyeballs and what attracts eyeballs relevance and and to me you know you you park that game at night at Jordan Hare Stadium they know that's going to draw more eyeballs than an undefeated Ole Miss undefeated Kentucky matchup I stand by that yeah nothing says relevance like you know split screening to show Aaron Judge striking out as well during the game (laughs) unreal I don't know about you but that's like my favorite thing that ESPN does what in the world clowns that that was crazy I I I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I think that there are a lot of potential storylines that develop out of this one, mm-hmm. because if you're Auburn four and one is still four and one, if you find a way to win this game. Right. And if you're LSU, same thing, you got a first year coach, you lost your first game of the season uh, to Florida state, a, a, another underwhelming team. Mm-hmm. And whoever the winner of this game has a chance to, to have a decent season. This you know, it's not being talked about it enough, Zach, but this is kind of a down year in the SEC West. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. I mean, we've seen Ole Miss be incredibly inconsistent. Arkansas and Texas A&M both look incredibly vulnerable, doing yeah, weird, Texas- weird things. I haven't watched a whole lot of Mississippi State. I'm just going to be honest with you. And LSU's a beatable team. LSU right. is a very beatable team. Um, the squad's coming into journey here on Saturday. Right. So the winner of this game, my point is, is, is that who's left on your schedule? You have um, a, uh, yeah, an Arkansas team that struggled for three quarters. Yeah. 
with with you know with with, with a group of five school. Mm-hmm. You've got um you've got a, a Texas A&M team that already lost to Appalachian State. Um and it's just it's it's kind of an underwhelming year in the SEC West. So the winner of this game has a chance to maybe salvage something of a season. Uh, Auburn is more in that position than LSU is right now. Although LSU hasn't been super impressive, that's still a team just chalked with five-star talent. Why why, and, why is Auburn more in that situation than LSU right now, you think? Um, you know, I think that being at Brian Kelly's first year there, mm-hmm. um, there will be a little bit more patience with first-year struggles in a complete culture change from what Coach O was doing. Um, with Brian Harson on the hot seat, on the proverbial hot seat, uh, this game means more to Auburn than it does to LSU. I, th- I think in my book, sure, because they could be in the difference between, you know, making a bowl game or not. Uh, I still don't think if Robbie Ashford continues to develop as a quarterback, uh, he's the presumed starter for Saturday. Yeah, then the outlook for your season maybe isn't as bleak as a lot of people think it is, but. You know, we'll see how it goes. I agree with you, though. I, I think it's funny that this game somehow holds more relevance than a potential top 15 matchup between Kentucky and Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kentucky is still Kentucky. It's a basketball school. No matter what Coach Stoops wants to say about it, I think Coach Cal was right on that one. And, and then Ole Miss, I just... Auburn always seems to beat Ole Miss, even when Ole Miss has better squads. And so, you know, you go to Oxford, which is still going to be obviously tricky, but mm. um, one week at a time, you just look at all of these, and I think they're still winnable. The, the issue to me is points. How is Auburn going to consistently score points? And we'll talk about the offense in a moment. But I, I just wanted to put that out there for folks in regards to, you know, feeling down on themselves you know, uh, I've seen some folks use the word embarrassed, you know, about this team and, and all of that. And it's like, well, you're still valued more than these top 15 teams. And, and I think I that um, I think that means something. Agreed. Agreed. Listen, at the end of the day, um, a lot of what people feel is a projection of an attitude that they brought into the season expecting, mm. you know, what did we hear all offseason? It was this team will be lucky to win five games or make a bowl game and then the play through the first four games has somewhat reinforced that narrative for those people yeah which is why that continues to persist fortunately for Auburn the players on the field can have a say in reversing those narratives by looking somewhat competent on offense and defensively you know force a few turnovers and capitalize on some things they got their first turnover of the season right yesterday and Zach, I'm telling you, like, I, I, I still think there's a ton of talent on this squad. I, you know, if I'm being critical of this staff, I think that the offensive staff has not put the um, the players in the best position uh, with the play. I don't the play calling to me has just been atrocious uh, and the switching of the quarterbacks. Has not been good for anybody and right Ash for taking over the reins might be. Uh, the best thing to ever happen for this team. So I, I do want to say this real quick, though, Zach. Like, um, in 03, like, I watched a team that got goose-egged at home versus USC mm-hmm. and didn't score a touchdown for two and a half games. Like, n- nothing against Georgia Tech, the second game. they threw, This was Ronnie Cadillac, Jason Campbell. The fans at Georgia Tech threw the goalposts over the side of the stadium. They were so happy they'd be Auburn 17-3. to And then Vanderbilt, 
they finally get their first touchdown of the season. But if you remember, the the Nalsminger offense was a disaster. What I credit Tuberville was they realized they made a mistake mm-hmm. and they ripped it up and they somehow salvaged that season because they were able to admit internally they had a bad game plan offensively going into that season. And I think that this will be, whether he saves or he goes, this will be the mark for Brian Harson is whether he can look at what they've chosen to do and say, this wasn't good. Let's rip it up. Let's do something different and let's die trying to fix it rather than sticking to the script. Yeah, and that's something that I think everybody wants to see more of. And we'll touch on what changes could we possibly see for the offense to kind of shake things up against LSU and beyond for this Auburn Tigers team. Bet online is your place to go for all of your betting needs. Just Google Bet Online. It'll come up, whether it's on your smartphone or your laptop, your desktop, whatever it may be, your work computer. I don't care. Uh, but they've got a million different lines, a million different props for you to bet on, including Auburn plus seven and a half. If you think it's going to be close or you think Auburn wins outright, you need to pound that money line. And uh, yeah, you could you can make some bank this weekend. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It is the best place to buy your spirits, alcohol, whether it's beer, wine, whiskey, vodka, whatever it may be. Frisky Whiskey has the best selection and the best price. And you step in there, 10,000 square feet of absolute selection, absolute value, and also really, really great and friendly service. So check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It's about 15 minutes outside of Auburn Opelika, right when you get into the state of Georgia. And if you're coming from Atlanta, coming from anywhere in Georgia, down I-85 to the game this weekend, be sure to stop and see our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Mike G, so many fans and analysts, we're all saying the same thing. This offense needs to get better. You need to see... More quick passes, more screens, more pre-snap motion like we saw against Mercer. Why do you think we haven't seen that yet? Was it Robbie making his first start and they wanted to make sure that he had kind of what was installed in fall? I mean, what do you think is the reason that they haven't kind of adjusted with anything? Um, it, it may be just stubbornness. Yeah. Again, I referenced it in the last... You know, uh, just before we transitioned into uh, uh, the bet online ad, was just it's you. This they had they clearly envisioned this offense one way, and that was feeding tank. Mm-hmm. And now you know that you don't have the line for that, and everybody's going to be looking for that's the one thing everybody's going to game plan for because you're not going to let Tank Bigsby beat you. So they're going to force you to play offense another way, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I thought after Penn State, the acceptance of that would have set in. And then going into Missouri, it was clear that it had not. Right. So this 12 personnel thing that they're doing, it sucks. <laughs> Zach, it's terrible. And the love affair with these tight ends has to end at some point as well, too, because you're when you keep them in on max protect, these guys are missing blocks. It's not helping you. Um, you know, and Shanker, I love John Samuel. He had a horrible start to this season. Right. Uh, one of my favorite guys on this team, just as a person and a player. Sure. But, you know, he needs to be put in some better positions to help as well. And then you have dogs on the bench. You have dogs on the bench. Uh, uh, Malcolm was hurt. So they had they started the season with Malcolm behind uh, or Coy behind Malcolm at the Z. Right. 
to me, there's no reason both those guys shouldn't be on the field at the same time. I thought we would see some four receiver sets, spread them out a little bit. Now that you have a mobile quarterback, try to create some mismatches, get the quick throws that you're talking about, get those quick slants. But if you're going to run 12 personnel with two tight ends and, and you know, the quarterback doesn't have any time, these plays don't seem to be developing fast enough in the passing game yeah. to give the quarterback a chance. And I don't like maybe Missouri was the wake up call to do something different, but it, I thought Penn state would be it. I thought that ass whooping would be enough, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, just a total beat down and it just didn't happen. And then you almost embarrass yourselves against a, a team that you are definitely more talented than. And now you, you escape with the win. They literally handed you the game back on their final run. Right. What's it going to take at this point? I just think Harson needs to relook at what they are doing. You started with one game plan, but the game plan that you have for TJ Finley cannot be the one that you use for Robbie Ashford. No, you're you're absolutely right. And you got to figure out how to use Robbie outside of just a gadget guy, which is kind of what it looked like they thought would be the case going into the year. And now he's mm-hmm. your full-time starter until TJ is back. For sure. Now, let me tell you this. Um, I think he's your full-time starter. Moving Regardless. forward, you think it's yeah, moving forward? I don't. Yeah, I don't I disagree so. with you. Yeah, I. I don't know that there is a. I don't know that I have not seen the game plan that they have mm-hmm. that allows T.J. Finley or Holden Garner or anybody not named Robbie Ashford to be successful behind this line. I'm with you. Right. So uh, I think Robbie is your best option moving forward, and I waited to see what the coaching staff would do before I took that stance. But if you're going to call the offense this way, Robbie's the only person that saves you and, and, and TJ and, and Holden are sitting ducks back there. Yeah. But any concern about durability with Robbie, we saw him 100%. miss a hundred percent. I mean, we, we saw him miss a little bit, right. When he threw that block, which was great. Um, kind of got coin more, a few more yards where he reversed field. But I mean, it's just, it, it seems like after that, I just don't know how you're going to move the ball. I mean, you can't move yeah. the ball with Robbie, let alone without him. Yeah, I mean, there were some plays there where he, like the most successful plays that Auburn has had with Robbie Ashford at quarterback has been him, a rush in his face, and he's dumped it off to Jarquez or Coy um, on that right side of the field, where they and they've been able to take it because the defense is over-pursuing. And, you know, Coy had one where there was, man <laughs> – he tripped over his own feet, and I know he was probably really mad at himself over that. But, you know, that's to me, that's just lack of time on the field. The the back uh, shoulder the, to Coy, though, where it's like, okay, why can't this work? Like, cor- correct. Y- y- you see moments of it, and it's like, okay, let's – I'd rather you do that three more times a game than, you know, a, a deep developing play that you know you're not going to have time for. Like, right, or, 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 or a halfback dive up the middle with Tank. Right, I, like, I still think even when you're not getting yards with Tank, you still have to give him the touches. For sure, he I don't, I don't, him. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with, uh, okay, you know that he's got like two seconds to throw the football, and you're running stuff that's like way downfield. That that that's kind of where I have issues with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in my in my opinion, uh, twenty plus touches for Tank is not the answer for this offense. It's just not. I think around 15 touches and balance is what makes more room for Tank to operate. But if you're going to run the ball 20 times with him, they're just going to key on him, and it's not going to matter. It's going to look worse. 
And then your quarterback's not going to get in a groove throwing the ball because part of the problem with this offense is, is that when he has been called on to throw, a lot of it has been on obvious passing down. Yeah, third and eight or something. Yeah, 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 and it's just, it's again, it's just not fair. Uh, You know, he's going to make freshman mistakes because he essentially is a freshman. Now you have to be able to deal with that. Yeah, that was his his first start. Yeah. That guy put it in a better position. So, um, you know, that's where I'm at on it. The, the offense has been bad. And there's a lot of reasons why. Like, now, I re-released a list, Zach, of top five players, m- top five most important players offensively. And all my list was Nick Brahms. And when I found out he wasn't going to be playing, I wanted to change all my predictions for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was one of the most important returning players. Uh, according to reports, Tate Johnson was struggling calling out protections on the line and that communication. They needed that senior leadership as well as his physicality up there without him. It's been even more of a struggle. This is a worse offensive line than last year's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they weren't super great last year, but they were serviceable more in other areas and they're struggling this year. So uh, I I do think there are pieces though that are better. Like I think the tackles are overall better from a year ago. Yeah, sure. But, it's, but it's, the it's interior mostly, is just like you can get no push whatsoever. Yeah. None. Yeah. And the communication and just like, again, they don't look like a gelled unit there. Um, nobody knows who to pick up. Yeah, like, I mean, you're, too you're, many free rushers coming through. Yeah, your great offensive lines, right? Like the sum is greater than the the parts. And like, that's not that's not what this is, obviously. No, so not not at all. Not at all. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. Uh uh, the, the player is going to take a brunt of this, but ultimately it's on the coaching staff to know what their team's strengths and, weak- strengths and weaknesses are and game plan to help cover them a little bit and, and, and get them doing more of the things that they're good at and less of the things that they're terrible at. Right, right. Okay, Mike G, let's talk about special teams. Do we have a legitimate concern in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn? Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every Potential hire could feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Mike G, are we at the point where we have to ask questions about how much we can trust Anders Carlson in the field goal game? Yes, 100%. And uh, my concerns date back to last season. Uh, He was okay, but there were critical moments where kicks were missed. And it's tough because on a team that struggles to score, when your defense plays well enough to keep you in the game, a field goal could be the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, what did we see last week, uh, this past Saturday? We saw at the end of the first half a missed field goal. Like, they did a great job getting into field goal range offensively at the end of the half. And so for an offense that's struggling to move the ball, when they do and your kicker is unable to convert, and we're talking about a scene, one of the most senior guys on this team, 
right? One of the guys that you lean on for consistency yeah. and he misses a field goal and gets two shots at it and still misses it. That's really tough to swallow. So uh, Auburn's going to need him to be better moving forward. Uh, so far uh, this season, uh, technically he's only missed one kick. Yeah, four or five, but after Saturday, it didn't really feel like that. Yeah, it, it felt like three misses on Saturday, right? Because of the amount of times that he. But my got question is should this be surprising, right? Last year, he was 14 of 21, 66.7%. Um, and he's coming off of an injury. So, like, mm-hmm. it should this be surprising? Yeah, two or four from 30 to 39 yards is a little disappointing as well, too, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was just six of eight from 40 to 49 yards. So it wasn't as bad and oh, for three from 50 or more. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, if you, if you put those numbers together, essentially that's six of 11 from 40 yards or more. And it's, t- I mean, that's tough for a senior guy, man. Like you need those points for an offense that's going to struggle to score points at times. You know, uh, um, I ha- can't help but wonder if the decision for Harson to go for it on that fourth down at the end of the game was waning confidence in Anders Carlson. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought in that moment, because in, in my mind, I'm thinking kick the field goal here and just take the three points. And you almost lost the game by a field goal after you gave it back to them. Right. They got saved by the other kicker said, Hey, hold my beer. Yeah. The, the <laughs> thicker kicker. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that because that decision, it's not like Missouri was just scoring at will or anything like that. Like, odds are, you, you probably felt pretty good. I don't remember exactly how much time was left. Um, it's like a minute-ish, something like that. Maybe a hair more. But, like, there's no reason you should have had the confidence. Like, you shouldn't have had confidence in your defense to stop them. I mean, they sure. stopped them all, the entire game. So, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting decision. Um, I don't hate the play call as much as most people do. Mm. We, we were begging for him to give it a tank of fourth and short situations all last year, and, and, and it happened. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely still get where people are coming from, though. Yeah, there's some things. There were a lot of learnings on that. Um, number one, on the third down before, if you're Robbie Ashford, as you get more on-field experience, you'll mm-hmm. become more aware of where the sticks are. There was no reason he couldn't. It shouldn't even have been a fourth down. Like, yeah. He could have gotten that first down, but he went down a little early trying to protect himself. And the more you play, the more aware you become of where that market, the line to gain is. Uh, to get that first down and not put your team in that position. So I'm not blaming him. It's definitely not his fault. But, you know, ultimately, that's something that you expect young players to do. What you don't expect is you don't expect your four-year starter at kicker to be a liability inside of 35 yards. I mean, especially when you have the number one kicker in the class on the bench over there. Yeah, it's like... mm -hmm. But can you bench Anders? Like, can you bench him? Like, I, yes, I don't, you can. Like, this, I, I don't this, know. I don't know if you can, dude. This love affair that we have at Auburn with legacies just needs to be done. I get it. Leg assies. <laughs> I saw what I did there. Nice. Now you just you just need to uh, 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 get Legatron in the game and 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 let him kick um, let him kick the ball. You know, so it's just got to be yeah. one of those things where you know you do right by the team and get the right guy in the game. Yeah. Once again, we don't know what's going on in practice, but I just, yeah, I, I have a hard time trusting him. He's perfect mm-hmm. on point afters, which is great, which in today's world of college football, you, you'll definitely take. But Mike sure. G, how can people uh, find you, hear you, watch you, support you, all that stuff, buddy? 
uh just go on youtube type in the war report we got lots of things going on you guys know where to find us we got lots of great content coming awesome awesome stuff we're gonna have a crossover tomorrow with caroline fenton she hosts locked on lsu get the lsu perspective of this game going into saturday and you can read all of my written work at auburndaily.com this has been locked on auburn This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.